So good morning on the 22nd of July, 2020. It wasn't so long ago that all the men in town knew my name. Now that I wear a shaved head and double robe, they don't pay any attention. They just lie around drinking wine all day. Why tie yourself to a bottle? When the next watering hole is far ahead and the last watering hole is far behind, I could teach you how to drink what falls from the sky. Look at me. Even on the darkest night, I could show you where to find enough light to make your way back home. To make your way back home. Ramdas, the amazing human being of my adult life, I guess. Great inspiration. Um, he said, all we're doing is holding each other's hands while we walk home, walk back home. It's like walking home from school. Sounds come into being. The guitar is really beautiful in that it, the attack, the beginning of the note is rather quick. It's not sudden, but it's quick. And then there's a fading out, the tail of it. So where shall we take refuge? Where shall we remind ourselves to take refuge? I take refuge in the Buddha, the one who shows me the way in this life. Namo Buddhaya, Namo Buddhaya, Namo Buddhaya. I take refuge in the Dharma, the way of understanding and love. Namo Dharmaya, Namo Dharmaya, Namo Dharmaya. I take refuge in the Sangha, the community of mindful harmony. Namo Sanghaya, Namo Sanghaya, Namo Sanghaya.
the body still breathes. Seems like we just did this a few moments ago. But we never did exactly this because every moment is completely autonomous. It does receive conditioning. It arises out of the, what we call the past, but it's just now. So in this just now, Notice the life that is what you take to be your body. Notice the contact with the chair, the cushion, the floor. Notice the life in the hands, in the face. And notice that breathing exists. And each breath has a lifetime, a beginning, a middle, and an ending. In addition to the objects of observation, there is that which does the observing, that which knows, that which is awake. The Buddha.
There's no predicting what thoughts will arise. There's no need to fight them. Simply notice them as thoughts, impersonal phenomena arising in the stream. Even cherished thoughts, cherished worries, cherished prejudices, cherished obsessions, long practiced. In a moment, their emptiness, their emptiness of self can be seen. They may come right back in the next moment, but that still doesn't mean they haven't been known for what they are, which is thoughts, memories, plans, fears, worries. Between breaths, often there's a pause. At such a time, we can practice simply being present. Or you could switch awareness to the hands. and remaining poised for the beginning, the very beginning of the next breath.
we might call to mind the the image of the watcher at the gate to a city. The watcher doesn't intervene in any way. She, he, or they just sit there and watch. Oh, it's a truckload of mattresses. It's a wedding party. It's a funeral party. It's a truck of tractors. The stuff coming and going. It's a family on their way to vacation. No intervention, just aware of what's happening. So there's the beginning of the breath, the rising to fullness, the various sensations, the quickness, the slowness, the depth. We get really interested in the nature, the particular signature of this breath. of this thought, that thought.
with the support of the refuges, and the understanding of how suffering is created from the Four Noble Truths. We cultivate one moment after another, where we wake up in the midst of the trance, wanting something or not wanting something, looking forward to the moment that you finally become what you wanted to be. There's a tension in the mind. And moment by moment, softening back into being here, right here now. Right here with these sensations in the body, with these sounds, with these thoughts. If there's physical pain, emotional pain, or if one of the hindrances becomes very dominant, like desire, wanting, or pushing away, disliking, hating, or restlessness, agitation, worry, remorse or sleepy dullness, sloth and torpor or doubt, doubt, dispiritedness. It works sometime to simply turn away from them. Concentrate on your breath, suppress them. 
But if they persist, then we turn toward them with as much love and awareness as we possibly can. As uncomfortable, as unpleasant as they may be, they are real in the moment. And so we allow them to be real. We allow them to exist in their temporary, impermanent nature. Come home to yourself. Acknowledge the reality of this present moment. It's one of a kind ever. Breathing in and breathing out. Resting in the beauty of your being right here, right now.
And let's now imagine that we're sitting in a circle. There's just enough of us, the circle, the Dharma Hall at PIMC. <clears throat> Appreciative of everyone having made the effort to get here this morning. In this instance, with no use of gasoline, no danger of the car, just remembering we sit here shoulder to shoulder with this great aspiration of awakening and the willingness to help each other along the way. So in this imaginary realm where anything's possible, why not reach out and hold a hand on your left and on your right? Or maybe simulate this by holding your own hands. It's so nice to give a little squeeze. I know you're there. <laughs> you remember that beautiful little poem from A.A. A. Milne? Piglet sidled up to Pooh and said, Pooh? What? said Pooh. Oh, nothing, said Piglet. I just wanted to be sure of you. So let us be sure of each other, of our own hands, of our own willingness to hold ourselves. Wish yourself well. On the in-breath, breathing in and receiving yourself. Ruth Dennison often said as we were parting, Dalink, enjoy the beauty of your being. Wish yourself well. Enjoy the beauty of your being all day. 
And extending that out to the person on your right or the person on your left. And to the members of your family and your friends. Some of us I know are having difficult circumstances with parents in the hospital and facing bad diagnoses. Some I know are struggling with children home all the time now, very difficult. Relationships challenged by so much time together. Why not wish each other well as we travel this journey of life? Wish ourselves well. And now bringing the awareness to the region of the face and the eyes. And now letting the eyes open or more accurately doing the work of bringing them open. Seeing happens. <clears throat> I have a little micro Dharma talk I want to give, but first a couple of announcements. Please consider joining Candle Summers and myself on August 1st from 9 to 2 for a day of meditation. And um, perhaps redundant in this group, but my book is out, Mindfulness for a Happy Life. It's available on Amazon and at Powell's Books. And uh, something you could do that would be very helpful if you bought it on Amazon and read it <laughs> and liked it, you could write a review. Don't write a review if you didn't like it, of course. <laughs> uh, that's very helpful, I'm told. It, it, it affects the algorithm, whatever the hell that is. <clears throat> and then there's this idea I wanted to press out today. It's become, come to top of mind for myself in the last 24 hours. In the life story of Siddhartha, who became the Buddha, he was born in the lap of luxury. There was a prediction made when he was born that he would either become a world teacher or a world ruler. And his father really wanted him to take over the business and become king. And the prophecy was that he would take over all the kingdoms around them as well. Pretty highly developed culture in North India at that time. And um, so the father decided that they would protect him from all suffering. And this is mythology, right? So it's about the inner life, not a, not a, a truly historical thing story so they they would they built three palaces for him for the different seasons and for the you know the warm season he'd go up in the mountains and so on and he was protected from from all suffering no skin knees etc 
And then he encountered the, it's a longer story. Maybe it just occurred to me, I might tell the story in depth starting on a Monday or something. You just tell it for five or seven days, 10 days. But anyway, the point I wanted to come to today, he had encounters with sickness, old age, decay, and death. And he, there was a particular, his last night in the castle, his last night in the, in the lap of luxury, there was a big party and there were, there were dancers and jugglers and fine music and fine food. And, and uh, it was all very beautiful. I mean, the best you could have, kind of like us with Netflix and uh, the finest, you know, good headphones, listening to the best music in the world and so on. And he was dissatisfied at the end of the evening and he went, he was walking around the, the castle um, despondent, a little depressed. It's like, what? This isn't, this isn't cutting it. This isn't, this isn't satisfying. And he went into the room where the dancers were, where they had been given to sleep. And they were, they were smelly and uh, underneath all their pretty makeup, they weren't that attractive. And, uh, and something happened in him. He real, he just got it. He said, this isn't doing it for me. And then he realized he'd also seen as he'd also seen a wandering mendicant, someone who had abandoned the worldly life and was devoting his life to spiritual practice. And people were doing that at that time. The young men was part of uh, part of what happened in in the life cycle of some young men, and it was somewhat respected. They went off to the woods to practice meditation, off to the jungle, really. And so something happened that is known as the great going forth. How he went, he went, uh, he realized he had to say goodbye to his wife and fresh newly born son. And he went and he got to the door of the bedroom and he realized if he went in, he could never leave. And so he determined, he turned away. He had his uh, charioteer bring his horse, Chana, his great war horse to the back gate of the castle and he, they rode off into the night. And at a certain point, at a great distance from the castle, he got down, cut off his hair with his sword, handed the sword to Chana. Oh, and when he cut his hair, interesting detail here, the, the great white war horse died, bam, end of that chapter. Now remembering, this is metaphor or it's, it's uh, mythology. So what is this going forth? Does it mean one has to leave the marriage and leave the career and head off into the forest or the monastery? I think not. But it does mean that the ways that we're, the ways that we're trying to achieve satisfaction that don't work start becoming really obvious. And so what begins as 10 minutes of meditation or 30 minutes of meditation and a curiosity about relaxation and getting more psychologically conscious and wise and loving actually turns into refuge in the Buddha Dharma Sangha. And I watch in my own life how, how long, I'm 72, I've been practicing for decades, 50 years. 
how there are still things that I keep trying to get satisfaction from and feeling dissatisfied and not quite getting it and realizing, oh, it's because it isn't there. Right. So there's something of a, um, uh, not a seriousness, but of a, an, uh, what's the word? A devotion in one's turning toward one's inner life that is called the great going forth. And um, I feel myself at that place again, or still. And I wonder whether that's somewhat true for you too. Okay, that's my dharmet for today. How are you? What's happening? Please unmute yourself and share as you wish. Fourteen days till the arrival of the tough shed. I just counted. Good morning, Robert. And Sangha. It's Tumbit. Um, I had a question um, about something I was... Oh, wait. I don't know if actually Robert can hear me because he doesn't have his headphones on. Someone might want to put that in the chat. <laughs> that he doesn't I'm not have sure what your thoughts. signal means, Natalie. <laughs> Tim? <laughs> Headset? No sound? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Hello? Is someone talking? Oh, <laughs> I've gone deaf. Hang on here. Why? Oh, I get it. Duh. Test speaker. Here we go. How about now? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. There all we go. I, all I have to do is turn it on. Who's speaking? <laughs> it's Tempest. Tempest, hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I, I started talking and I was like, can't hear me. <laughs> I can hear everybody you. in the chat jumped up to let you know. <laughs> um, I have a question. Um, I was talking to uh, another friend uh, who joins this meditation yesterday, um, and we were talking about wandering mind. And I remembered uh, from a Dharma talk that you gave in the before times uh, when we were actually in the same physical space, where you read a poem about how sometimes when the mind wanders, it is actually skillful to, to follow the wandering mm. because where your mind is going <clears throat> is important somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering if you could speak to that and also speak to like how you develop that discernment of figuring out the times when you, when you should follow and the times when it's just 
a distraction. Hmm. There's this uh, teaching from the Buddha where he talks about how to train an elephant, a wild elephant, and that somehow or another you catch it. I don't know how you do that. And then you put a, 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 a metal thing on its foot and you put it on not a short rope or chain and not, if you put it on too short, it freaks out and tears everything apart and hurts itself. If it's too long, it gets off into the forest and gets tangled up and then get, get hurts itself. If it's just the right like this, it reminds me, it reminds me a little bit about uh, <laughs> this bed is just a bit too hard and this one's a bit too soft. This one is just right. And, and I, meditation really is an art. And we learn over time how much slack, how hard to try to tighten it down and how much slack to, uh, to allow. And so um, there are times when it really makes sense to just experiment. And you could even do this for a week or two. Just experiment with being really, get to your meditation spot, but let the mind be really slack and wandering and just, and another time for maybe the same length of time, be more, I'm going to, I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to really focus in on the breath. And we develop the capacity to, um, to, to, to be much more skillful. And, and sometimes a one wandering minds will be happening and there'll be emotion in them. And maybe it makes sense to repress them. Other times, maybe it makes sense to turn toward it. There's a lump in the throat. Let's see where that leads. That's open to it. So it's all an experiment. There really isn't a should except one. Um, it, it serves us to endeavor to be awake for the process. But no one can, no one can tell us. Um, we have to find, we have to find it for ourselves. I know uh, on the uh, on retreats on uh, longer retreats, sometimes uh, they'll set up a they call it concentration week, and instead of going to your bedroom to sleep, everyone sleeps in the dharma hall, and and uh, and there's four hours of sleep, and then there's tremendous emphasis on be concentrated, really stay here. In in the little bit of Zen training I did. Uh, <laughs> I tried to stay in bed. I wasn't feeling, feeling well. And someone came and knocked on my door. It's like, hello, it's, you need to get, do you have a fever? No, well, get, down, get your butt down there. But when you, there's a sitting period and then you stand and you bow and you bow. And then uh, it's called kinhen, walking meditation. It's a very slow walking meditation. You walk around the room and if you need to go to the restroom, when you get to the door, you get to leave. When you come back, you get back in your place as the snake goes around the room and then you sit down and, and uh, you eat there and you have your little special little plates and there's a whole ritualized way and everything is controlled and the emphasis is concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. The, <laughs> the first time I did that, I, I really thought I, I was somewhat in a, 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 prison, a prison camp in a way. And uh, it, 
and I, I grew to significantly dislike some of the people who were in charge. And then as soon as it was over, they were the nicest people. But there was this structure and, and it was really emphasizing restrain yourself and concentrate. So there's many, there's many, and, and uh, actually there's a, and a really interesting book. I haven't recommended this in a long time, but it's a great book. It was originally published by Jack Cornfield. It was called Living Buddhist Masters. And then he joked one time that it should be called Recently Deceased Buddhist Masters. Uh, and now I think, I think it's called Living Dharma. And it's, it's the teachers he studied with in Southeast Asia and, and how they taught. And the variety of the teachings was stunning. From uh, Achan Buddha Dasa, as I recall, who, who really didn't emphasize sitting meditation and hard practice, quote, hard practice, very much. He said, you develop so much concentration, you, you don't know what to do with it. And then there was Achan, I'm going to forget his name now, um, up north, who uh, he had his monks stand for 10 hours straight. I mean, he was, he was hardcore. And these were young men, remember, they probably needed it. <laughs> but, but uh, and, and the, the monks that were practicing with them were very successful in their practice. So, we each we need to find our own way and and learn how to strive and how to completely surrender so i i hope that gives you permission to really experiment yes thank you mm Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Sangha. It's Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Um, I guess I just wanted to say as I was sitting, I felt like a tempest had read my mind, which was interesting because that's exactly where I was this morning. So that was super helpful. And then, and I wasn't going to speak. And then it just dawned on me. I am just all of a sudden feeling incredible, like it's getting me teary. Um, incredible linkage and incredible connection and maybe that's just a process of time maybe it's because now i see all the little postage stamps and i'm like <laughs> i know tempest and i know you know different people's appearances and i just wanted to share that because it's just kind of coming out of my pores and i'm so grateful i'm just beyond words of gratitude so thank you all it's really been amazing
Yeah, this community of life and practice that's developed here on these mornings is really, it's really quite something. Who knew? Who would have thunk it, you know? And, you know, it's, uh, it's as many as 80 people commonly, and that's a pretty full Dharma hall at PIMC. At 100, we start feeling pretty packed. So that's a lot of folks. <laughs> some who we can see and some who are lurkers. <laughs> I like that term. Maybe it's a little pejorative. <laughs> I think of it like a big, a big muscalunge fish or something lurking off in the dark. Robert, I have something, this is Had. I, I have something I do want to mention. Okay, Had. Uh, last spring at our bakery, we were fortunate to have Senator Wyden and Sharon Mirren visit us. And I, uh, last week, I think, I think it was Peter mentioned, there was an article about COVID-19 that Sharon Mirren put into Willamette Week or some, no, another, another newsletter that, Peter gave us the link to, but I just want to acknowledge that she she was peacefully protesting in Portland a few days ago and was tear gassed. And I don't know what. I just want to acknowledge that that mm -hmm. that is going on in our world, going on in our city, in our city, close. Yep. yep. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, there's some madness afoot. Hmm. Morning, Robert. This is Trisha. Hello, Trisha. Hi. Um, just a quick question, going back to what you were talking about in response to Tempest. You said uh, talking about the monastery where um, the teacher had the monks stand for ten hours, and you said that they were very successful. That the monks were mm. were successful. What does that mean to be successful? in this context it wasn't just there it was that all the all these teachers with all their different strategies had monks that really had awakening experiences and they became more loving and kind and connected okay thank you i think of it really as i mean there are there are experiences of of, there are breakthrough experiences that occur. And for some people, they're very dramatic and others, they're not very dramatic. And in fact, there's a, a lovely story of, um, oh dear, Suzuki Roshi, right? Very famous monk founded uh, San Francisco Zen Center. And uh, some, and his wife, uh, was very participant in the community. And someone said to her, uh, you know, he never talks about Satori or breakthrough experiences. And, and her response was, oh, that's because he never had one. <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was quite lovely. Um, 
But the, the way that it makes sense to me is that we live with greater kindness and warmth and, and um, we become wise people, wise, loving, compassionate people. And it happens in fits and starts and certainly over time, long-term meditators are different kinds of pe different people than they were at the be beginning. I know I am, I'm so different. Uh, thank goodness. Thank you. Please bear with me just a second. I need to go look at something that I... Get rid of this, yes. Hmm. Yeah, um, there's a message from Richard High. It says this, um, Robert, I am Diana Rummel High's husband. And I'm so sad to convey she suffered a very unexpected heart attack Friday and left us Saturday. My world has fallen apart. She was my everything. But she so valued you and PIMC. I wanted to share that. Thank you for your beautiful contribution to her life, Richard. Diana was a regular participant here in the mornings. Who knew? How could you know? You can't know. But so to Richard and all of her family. Sabe Sankara Anicha. Sabe Rupam Anicha. All conditioned things are impermanent. I think, um, I think I want to end this morning with a reading in honor, in honor of that loss. Go to here, MacBook Pro, Poetry Minute. <clears throat> this is a 
writing by Matt Flickstein. I'm going to read the first paragraph. It's called Living from a Non-Dual Perspective. Everything that arises disappears. Whatever is born dies. Nothing escapes the cycle of birth and death. It is important for us to directly and experientially realize that there is never a point in time when something exists and is not in the process of becoming something other than it was just a moment before. All suffering comes from attachment, from clinging, trying to hold on to that which is perpetually changing. And all clinging comes from delusion. We need to learn to live in the clarity and space of non-clinging, neither grasping nor pushing anything away. The key is to just be present with what arises from moment to moment without holding or resisting. At the same time, it is essential not to fall into the trap of denying the relative existence of our psychophysical organism and the world of experience it presents. A bit of the next. Compassion is the willingness to play in the field of dreams even though you are awake. Approach life with joy, enthusiasm, love, and an open heart. Take delight in the manifestations of life. It is all a play of consciousness, and it really is play. If something appears serious or burdensome, either even death, then we are lost in delusion. The field of dreams is this world of the senses with all its myriad forms. Being awake is the direct knowing there is no one who suffers, no one who is born, and no one who dies. It is the five aggregates that are born and die. Who we are, really, has never been born and never dies. So let's... Anybody have anything you'd like to share or need to share before we end? So let's close with a beautiful om this morning. The gradile tone of the universe. <laughs> Get my timer set. Here we go. Unmuting everybody. So please have a beautiful day. Abide in the beauty of your being.
May you be awake, loving and kind to each other. Thank you, dear friends. Please let us enjoy a mindful day and be grateful. We're still here. We have this beautiful practice and we have each other. Take care. Thanks for coming this morning. Bye. Bye. Thank Dear you. Friend, on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for Thank being you. here. Too.